0: We are at war. We need a team. Let's do a headcount. The super soldier, the demigod, a couple of master assassins, and there's me. I have an army. Yeah, we have a gnome.
1: Welcome to VTW Productions and our coverage of the 2012 Phoenix Comic Con. Featuring your favorite superhero commentary team, the Casuals. Casuals Assemble! Oh. Uh, hey guys. Uh, what's with all the baseball bats and torches and pitchforks and whatnot? I mean... I know I make fun of RP all the time, but hey, like, come on, it's all in the spirit of fun. It's uh, a joke, you know, so uh no hard feelings. Uh guys.
0: Uh, ah! The rules have been revised. Difficulty check, second edition, only on Versus the World Productions. Okay, so we can, we can vote. Good evening. Thank you for coming to Phoenix Comic-Con 2012. And this is called the Scoobies. So from Buffy the Firefly to Dollhouse to this summer's blockbuster, The Avengers, Joss Whedon, and what we call the Whedonverse is all about the ensemble casts. In this panel, Jesse Foster will lead a discussion on how ensemble casts make up the Whedonverse and why they work so well. So can you just uh, give a brief introduction and what got you into the Whedonverse?
1: Who's Joss Whedon? (laughs) Um, It all started way back with this movie called Toy Story. i just like to say that because so many people don't realize he wrote Toy Story. But they're like, you get 12 of the awesomest people on your cast and you want it to be awesome, you get Joss Whedon to write it. But no, um, Buffy, Angel, Firefly, Dollhouse, Serenity, Avengers, Cabin in the Woods. If you haven't seen it, I'm going to throw something at you. Uh, <laughs> you call yourself a fan. All right. Um, no, just uh, so much of that appeals to me that he knows how to write. He knows how to write characters. He knows how to write groups. He knows how to write comedy in the middle of horror and the horror in the middle of comedy and make make drama funny and still carry the weight of a real drama. And you know, somewhere in there, there's some action, too. So.
0: Yeah. Um, does that answer the question? Yes, it does. So. Thank you. <laughs> what makes a good ensemble cast for Weedon's projects?
1: You're asking me or them? Yeah. A good ensemble cast? Uh, for that, I would really like to point fingers at Firefly and or Serenity. Firefly more than Serenity, actually. Because, see? We were waiting for you, and she said, forget those people. They're, they're late. They should be five minutes early. If you're not early, you're late. Uh, it's all right. I just want to give you a hard time. Um, anyway, so... Ask the question again since they just showed up.
0: So what makes a good ensemble cast for Whedon's project?
1: All right, so Firefly is my focused answer, and you shouldn't be calling me right now. Um, the uh, For me, the aspect, the, each of the characters, each of the main characters, and I first noticed this with the women, but then I realized it was all of them. Each of them personifies a different aspect of an individual. You know, We're all as crazy as River a little bit, and we're all as stupid as Jane. We're all as as wiry, uh, wily as Mal, you know, we all have those aspects, we're all as hoary as Inara, you know, but we have all those pieces in us, and so you look at the entire cast of Serenity, and that, you know, you are you are a little bit or a little less each of those aspects, but each of those aspects together is a person, so each of them is just an exaggeration of those little pieces, you know, Mal with his leadership, and Zoe with her loyalty, and Simon with his dedication and you know so each of those is a piece of us, so uh, that's why Even if you're a pacifist Mal still appeals to you because you know He's a person and you can see some of the motivations behind what he does and when Jane gets greedy You're like oh, well, I can kind of understand why he would do that. He doesn't care about these people. It's about money So you know, but that's I think that's the best answer I can come up with for that
0: So let's open up a discussion Um, You guys have any questions?
1: Or input, or other answers to that question? Mm
0: -hmm. Or to the first to the, to anything we didn't, ensemble-wise? He has a hand up.
1: Which personality traits would you think all the Avengers exemplify? See, now, that's a tricky one, because those characters were established before Joss came along. So that's tough to do. You should sit down. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And they still, I think, I think your point is valid. That he still brought that out. He still made each of them. Uh, You know, he had someone who was very stoic and someone that was very um, traditional and someone that was very old-fashioned. And he had someone that was very aggressive and someone that was very witty. You know, that's that's the Avengers. That's Buffy. That's Angel. You've got all those pieces in there. But the challenge really is that, that, and like you said, his genius comes out because these characters have been established for 40 years. You can't just tweak them to be your characters, but somehow he found the aspects of the personalities to bring it out. So, and Did you have any, anything you wanted to discuss? Because it looks like you have a paper. <laughs> I have a paper. It's all written in Yiddish, though, so I can't read it. <laughs> and I wrote it, so I'm kind of confused. No, mostly just notes about what you're asking. So feel free to... Uh, so, grab the leash and run. Mm-hmm. You, have, you have the big piece of paper. Anybody else have any input?
0: you that I watch shows and I Like, if the doesn't do it's
1: like Right. It sets a standard for you because, and that's the whole point of the conversation. It's an ensemble. If someone else can't get each of the characters to behave in a manner that fits the group, not just the individual, but the character needs to fit the group. Then, like you're saying, you know, I watch Firefly, and then I go watch ER, and I'm like, that guy's out of place. He's he's a duplicate of this character, and then you know, then they have this this hole, this niche that's not filled. And if you look at your own life, or at least I do, look at my own life in that from that perspective, you have a friend that is your spiritual guide that you would go to for spiritual vice may not be a religious person but still you realize that you have a spiritual connection then you have your friend that if you needed a buried body you'd call that person and if you need a ride across town who you call and if you have some, you have a friend that completely ignores you but if you need to get into a fight you call you call jane you know (laughs) jane i need you to back me up so you have those people and you have the crazy person that's completely helpless it's always calling you for help you know you have all those niches filled and if one of those people disappears you'll work your way around to where someone fills that role and in some cases you end up filling that role you know if you don't have the spiritual guy if book's not around then you might become the spiritual guy of your group you know you might just kind of fill in that void i've experienced that anyway
0: um beside i know you've talked about firefly several times so besides really? firefly um are there any other ensemble casts from Joss Whedon that you is your favorite
1: mine yes well that one would be my favorite, but uh, Dollhouse worked its way into an ensemble cast. It started out, at just like Buffy, it started out as this character, it's all about this character. And this other character with her. And then we're going to add this one in, then we're going to add this one in. And now you've got nine characters that are main characters of the show. You know, it's always about uh, Topher and then Adele comes into play and then Victor comes into play. And so they all hold different roles in different aspects. But and, and not to not to not point at fingers at Angel and Buffy as the older projects, but as the more current things like Dollhouse and Firefly. I think those are a more prominent focus. And for those of you who haven't seen Cabin in the Woods, it doesn't quite do that because you don't have the long haul to pull it together, even though we pulled it off with Avengers, because it's a different kind of story, but you still have group dynamics and different roles and people playing off of each other and you know wit in the middle of horror and the horror in the middle of comedy and you know, a good mixture of everything because he doesn't hold himself to a genre.
0: Do you guys have any input on that question about uh, favorite ensemble weeding casts?
1: Favorite ensemble that isn't Firefly? <laughs> I know the brown coat just gestured badly at me, I can tell.
0: <laughs> um, are there, was there any ensembles that you think did not work?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think all of them, especially when he first started with it, he was still figuring out what he was doing with it, you know, still sorting out, trying to piece out the pieces and get it together. Um, but I want to ask them that same question. Do You guys have an opinion on that? An ensemble cast they put together that didn't seem to work or didn't gel or the dynamics didn't fit correctly? Go say it. No, so can't, complain. can't complain. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, if if you look, I think if you look back at like first year Buffy, after watching newer stuff, you can go. Oh, it was a little rough around the edges, but other than that, you you can't judge somebody from when they started based on where they're at now. So no, I can't think of anywhere that it failed. So which this is. is go. No.
0: You go. Um, so this is for you guys and for uh, for Jesse. Um, What would be your dream ensemble cast for a Joss Whedon show or movie?
1: They should answer first, because you know what I'm going to (laughs) say.
0: Do you guys have any good suggestions? (laughs) Well, I mean, for anything, any idea that would be, basically. You know, let's say you take a character from one show, or, you know, maybe an actor or something. Yeah, if Joss
1: came to you and said, I'm going to make a movie, who should I cast? Right. Yeah, yeah basically. Who's a TV show. <laughs> uh
0: let's start here and go back. So I know Allen Tiddick's really busy with stuff. I would be fine if they
1: just subbed in the Farfly cast minus Allen Tiddick and then plug on Fran Crans Crans. Crazy like either pilot or mechanic or something Right. As the loony guy. Yeah. Because he's hilarious. Who? Tomo? Tomo Pinkett? Yeah. So we it as the male stoic. Pinkett pulled that. I could see him doing uh. that. I think we should <laughs> just let
0: Jasmine write all the expendables of those movies. They do have Chuck Norris in
1: them. They don't need to be good, They're they're exactly what they are. So, back in the yeah. bag. Yeah, oh, yeah. If Joss is making a movie, comes to you and says, hey, I'm going to make a movie, who should I hire? Other than you, who would you want in the movie? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as I say... So- so basically, Firefly mashed with Dr. Horrible. Right. Firefly plus everybody that geeks love right now. Yes. <laughs> I can't argue that. It's geek movie. Yes. You got Andrew in there too. The guy who played Andrew, wasn't it? Andrew?
0: From where? Oh. Uh, yeah. Zand- are you talking about Xander? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he was the intern. I missed him. I Oh, that, I know you're talking about. That guy.
1: Right. <laughs> That's funny. Right.
0: I think you...
1: Right. Right.
0: So what's your input?
1: Well, I can't... I'll let her steal my answer and say Firefly. Uh, the. To me, and I ha- I'll just back up that question. Let me back up the answer. I'll reinforce her answer with that. That Firefly, because there was so little of it, we got so few episodes for them to screw up characters. You didn't get a chance to ruin a character or to make you hate them eventually or get tired of them. That the fans, you have to cram loving nine seasons of Firefly into 14 episodes. You know, you know, We all wanted all that, but we have to compress it so it's why every quote every line every time somebody sighs we're all like <gasps> did you hear that sigh it sounded like what Wash did <laughs> but because they just and they work so well together there are so many behind the scenes stuff so many conversations like the fact that when they were not filming the crew sat around the dining room table in the ship the cast sat around the dining room table chatting and conver- conversing so they were on the ship even when they weren't filming that says a whole lot about the dynamics around the actors playing together working together so, those guys, but I think, I really think, especially after seeing you know the point with, with Avengers, the characters belong to somebody else, were created by somebody else, fleshed out 50 years of background, and he still nailed it, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter who he gets a hold of. Joss could turn anybody into Firefly. You know, He could make any seven or eight of us into that awesome of a dynamic.
0: You, you, you watch I'm it. not saying I
1: could stand up to like Alan Tudyk's or <laughs> Nathan Flynn's acting, but you know, he works magic, so.
0: Well, and, he, and it's like you watch the Avengers, and you see it's like the action of Marvel, but then you get the humor of Joss. Right.
1: Yeah. Has anybody here not seen the Avengers? Oh my God. Wow. We're, as soon as this is over, I was gonna say, as soon as this is over, we're all going. All right. I'm to the midnight. I can't. Okay. I I have some okay. walking to do. You're the? Of course you would. Yeah. I'm not surprised. I know someone that, that got bit by him last year, so she was very what? happy about that. <laughs> uh-huh. Was no. it last year or the or la- year before? No,
0: he was here 2010.
1: That's what it was, yeah. yeah. They got his autograph and his bite marks, and I was like, yeah, you better not tell anybody, they're all going to hate you. <laughs> so I tell you and I won't tell you who it was, so. What? Yes, I heard about that. That was very cool. Okay. And he did some like, didn't he do like a martial arts demonstration too? He was out playing swords and stuff like that with somebody. I'm like, how come right. is
0: that? And Firefly?
1: Oh, I was gonna say they wouldn't have time for that. <laughs> um, I don't know. You will use Buffy as an example because it ran for so long. The characters didn't stay the same. You know, they they evolved, they grew. If you watched half of season one and then you jumped in at like season six and went. Who are these people? These are, you know, this is not the Willow I know. This is not the Buffy I know. You know, you were lost as far as who the characters are by that point. You know, like we go to Angel. Like Fred's one of my favorite characters from Angel, which is why when I saw Dollhouse, I was like, it's Fred.
0: <laughs>
1: and people are like, no, it's Amy Acker. I'm like, no, it's not. That's Fred. She's gonna be writing on the walls any moment now. <laughs> what? Yeah, she should work everywhere. And and of course, she was on Cabin in the Woods. So. Oh, see? See you oh, should get it. They should.
0: I remember that. was
1: on Yeah. So, I remember that. So then the moral of the story is if Joss Whedon used them, you should use them in your movie too. Like okay. I go here. I just ask a question, so how did you feel like in season 5 when they when I did like that the Morbo episode that Kira off. That was a weird yeah. That's every I watched. Um uh, it's uh iffy. It's one of those things where you know Josh will just whack your character. So you're like, oh crap, there it goes. Of course it was coming because I liked that character. And then you know he played softball and brought it back you know, a little bit. So I'm like, eh. So you know, it's a give and take. You know it's going to happen. It's like seeing a wash go. You're like, no, oh, really? really? Jerk. I hate and I used
0: see Alan Teddock, and now
1: he's on a series on ABC. Yeah. yeah. And he's hilarious in everything he does. Else right? Pain. Lots of pain. I will fun you yes so sure definitely I think he he sees their dynamic their ability to mesh with other groups and their ability to adapt to adapt you know if they if he swapped out mal some people would adapt, some people wouldn't. If he swapped out, you know, it pulled Tom O'Pinkett off of Dollhouse and someone else took his job, they would adapt. You know, he, he knows which actors can just mesh, and that's, that's why, it's why you keep seeing them pop up, you know. And, and other, other directors will do that. Quentin Tarantino has, like, nine people that are in everything he does. So, same thing. You, you get people that you get, you understand, you get them, they get you, you say do, and they do it exactly the way you wanted it, or they do a completely unexpected awesome thing anyway. So I'm sure that's it. You know, he's he's just, he has that synchronicity with them and knows that if he throws them against five other people, they're gonna make it, make it shine. Yeah, well, that's because they're all his buddies though. That's a little bit different. <laughs> it's because they're all hanging out in the same basement together when he said, I'm making a movie. <laughs> Let's do it at work when we're closed.
0: Um, out
1: of any of the shows, do you have, like, a favorite character arc? Character arc? That's interesting. Um, uh, it's almost a too easy of an answer. Angel going from Buffy to Angel, really. You know, Transcending the show, he was a, he was a background character and then an important character and then you know a dominant character and then he left the show. And became completely awesome on his own, you know. So, um, but yeah, to me, that's my favorite character arc. That he was able to—the character itself was strong enough to step out on their own and succeed for numerous years, completely separate from you know a little bit of crossover here and there, which I thought was pretty cool too. What was that? Oh yeah, always helps. Steve. Only the Firefly theme song. That's all I've heard. I do. You know that the commentary? That's you did a musical commentary? Right. So he did a song kind of about that. And I had to go back and revisit it. So if you, if, you, if you
0: Google the NPR, the episode was about returning to the scene of the crime. Okay. And the nice. concept was that they had to go back afterwards and return to the documentary thing and do
1: it. So to do Sequel. <laughs> In the back. I know, that's why I said it. Another musical? Yeah, I, I heard Shakespeare. But I'm. Hmm, I'm positive he won't stop and he won't hold himself to a genre. So, I think he's uh, got another project
0: in
1: the It's called Goners. I don't know. Goners. Mm. Do. Mm. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, when Dr. Horrible hit, I was I was shocked that to that date, one of the awesomest things he had produced was free. I'm like, you need money for this. It was awesome. Like, and I'm not really a big musical person, and I, I forced everybody to watch. I'm like, Dr. Horrible, They're like, yeah, yeah it's a, a thing. I'm like, no, watch it. Like, okay. Cabin in the Woods. Go watch it now. Very it is, it is. Everybody I know like, mm. I'm singing the laundry song right now. Yeah. And Nathan Fillion,
0: if you think about it with Captain Hammer, he kind uh. of does. Oh, you can see a little bit of cockiness of Mal in oh, Captain yeah. Hammer. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: <laughs> <coughs> that's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, he was saying that, that when Joss asked him to play the role, he did a scene and Joss goes, More cheese. And he's like, I don't understand. You're telling me to get cheesier? He's like, yeah, it's more cheese. So he did it again. He's like, more cheese. I'm like, this is Nathan Villian. You don't know how far he'll go. He will cheese it up. And then we get what we saw. So I'm like, that's what happens when you cut him loose. Anyway. So yes, hopefully he's working on making every movie right now. <laughs> the rumor is he's making everything. Avengers 2 through 9. <laughs> Serenity 2 and 3. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, wh- whatever it is, really, I mean, and I, I I hate to just gloat or go on like a fanboy kind of thing, but you look at what he's done, I don't see anything he couldn't do. You know, for, for me, if it's made by Joss Whedon or Quentin Tarantino, I'll go watch it. it they, they could make, hey, I'm going to film The Sky for an hour. Okay, <laughs> you got my 10 bucks, good job. Rude gestures. I didn't mean it. It was kidding. But. Wow. That was solid. I, the the relationship between the two of them was good. It, they made a good some good points with uh, how much he sacrificed for her and all of that, and you know going back and showing their childhood and things like that. Him, when he first explained how smart she was compared to him and all that. Uh, But, um, I don't know, Um, there was a couple of good pairings in Buffy. Uh, but he he can't make just a straight up normal pairing, can he? I mean, look at Malon and Nara, or, or Buffy and Angel. It's always the most possibly complicated thing you could pull off. Like, hey, a Slayer and a vampire. What a great couple. Good good going, Joss. You know this can't work out. We're gonna be mad. I guess in Hi. That the least favorite. Uh, <laughs> probably the same one. I was well. <laughs> I was I was getting around to answering that question. And Buffy and Angel. Yeah, probably my be, my favorite. My, most favorite and least favorite because of exactly that. But then that was before you really get to see, you know, that's his, his first real effort that we got attached to. Now you can look back on it and go, oh, yeah, that's just like everything else he's done. But at the time, it's like, dude, how can you make her fall in love with a, with a freaking vampire of all people? You know, And then what's she do? Whenever he takes off, she falls for another one. Like, quit it. <laughs> just quit it. Well, you know humans are boring, right? <laughs> so, when you can have a slayer and a witch and a demon, and you know when those are your buddies, you eh, humans are boring. So, what was that? Oh, humans? Oh, yeah. See, that's <laughs> humans are rebound boyfriends. So, you just bounce right through them. Yeah. If you're going to rebound, use a human. Every time. So.
0: Buffy certified.
1: Right. Put a stake um, through it.
0: So with Buffy and, and Angel, we do know that those were good. Those series were long running. Oh, yeah. And then, of course, you had Dollhouse, Firefly, you know, and you just wonder what happened because it's the same. You know, It's, it's a great ensemble, a great cast, but it just did not work.
1: Well, corporations kill things. <laughs>
0: So,
1: yeah. See, see, we could have a whole down with Fox conversation. <laughs> oh.
0: Do you think that that will deter Joss from mm-hmm. trying to do another TV show again, or?
1: Um, I think he's at a stage after the Avengers that nothing will deter him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he at this point, you know, and I like to compare it to when uh, James Cameron did Titanic. He had done a bunch of awesome stuff before that, like The Abyss, that. People forgot about as soon as Titanic came out. Like, oh, my God, Titanic. And then he went, I'm the king of the world on stage for, the, for his bazillion awards he got. And then nothing. He'd vanished for a couple of years. Of course, for anybody that doesn't know, during that time, he was inventing technology to get us to Mars. Not just paying for inventing. <laughs> so he was busy doing really cool nonfiction stuff. But at that point, you know, he almost got it. At that point, he could have done anything. He could have stepped on anybody's toes, walked in and said, oh, Clint Eastwood, you're making a movie, you're about three-quarters of way through doing it, I'm going to take that over. And the whole studio would have went, yeah, we'll let you do that. Go ahead. I think that's kind of where Joss is. Not quite to the, the weight that Cameron had at the time, but I think he can walk in and take whatever project he wants. He's, uh, that gives him the weight that we wanted him to have when he threw out Serenity. You know, we wanted him to be this big powerhouse of a movie maker at the time. Well, before they canceled the Firefly, actually.
0: You had a and he wasn't. But
1: he uh, eventually, now now he's got the clout to back it up in the mainstream.
0: Yeah. And what was your question?
1: Do I think his Wonder Woman is dead? Do I think his Wonder Woman is dead? Gone. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I think he could nail it. You know, he he wrote, from what I hear, a great script for the X-Men movie, and they scrapped all the two lines of it and then delivered those horribly. But And then a great script for Alien Resurrection. So... I, I have no doubt that if he did Wonder Woman, he would do a fantastic job of it, but I, think, I don't think he can resurrect it at this point. I think he will choose to move on. I think he, as much as he's gone back and done the comics for Dollhouse and Firefly and Angel and Buffy, he's still keeping those stories alive. I think he's done trying to resurrect them on the screen, either big or small screen. So I don't think he'll, I, I, I personally think he'll just leave Wonder Woman where it's at, which would be sad, but, you know, just looking at his track record, I don't think it's coming back. No, no, no. <laughs> this discussion. is your last one that you cut off. No, no this I'm kidding. Is,
0: this is a discussion we encourage. Right. Yeah, go. On the lines
1: of Wonder Woman, I think it's interesting how Josh kind of gravitate towards female, strong female characters. Like, I mean, what's her flat world? Yeah. The black chick, Zoe. Zoe? Good job. Yeah. I'm wondering, <laughs>
0: Kaylee. Do you think there
1: would be anything that has another thing where it's very chicks strong? you always do that because, because you can't, and this is just obviously just purely my opinion. I don't think... I think it's harder, I should say. I think it's harder for a male to carry the full spectrum. You know, you want strong and you want sensitive and you want powerful and you want wise. You want all these things in your, in your favorite character. And, you know, Captain America was all those things more or less. But you, you get a, a woman in there, you know, you recognize the strength in a strong woman easier than you recognize the emotions in an in a emotional man or a sensitive man. And I think that's one of josh's things he's latched on to is that you can take a woman who is who is pretty and woman you know uh, feminine effeminate uh, she wears a dress and she wears makeup and she does pretty things and she likes to go shopping with her friends, but she's also strong and she's also dedicated and committed you know all the all the hard side of her plus the soft side of her it's i think it's a a stronger or more believable, more uh, acceptable dynamic than having a male do it. And I hate to you know, point my finger at myself and stuff like that, but the male characters tend to be more shallow, less dynamic of, of you know, it's either because women are more dynamic and more diverse in their, in their lives or because we believe them more as characters. I think it's, he's found the right niche for it, is to go, hey, look, there's this awesome woman. And, and Black Widow is a good example. We saw her in Iron Man 2, and all she was was a pretty shield agent. You know, she was Coulson, but in leather. You know, we didn't get to see Coulson do flying spin kicks, but we know we can, because if you saw the little <laughs> clip, he did it. See, I know who saw that clip. But then in the Avengers, you get to see the character. You get to see her be. She's not, she's not strong. She doesn't have a cool, awesome powered suit. She can't Hulk out but she pulled some really crafty crap on Loki, and you're like, oh, crap. Sorry, don't listen to that. You haven't seen it yet.
0: <laughs>
1: but just know, I mean, you know, Joss did it, and you know the, that the one female character in the entire cast is not going to be left behind. So, But I I think whatever he whips out next, you know, he's going to do the Shakespeare thing, and he's going to just grab onto something, and it's going to be some, you know, it's going to be Xena. It's going to be some tough woman mm-hmm. that kicks the crap out of everybody but has a full range of emotion and capability as well yes oh, oh sorry you she's the moderator po- you point at people i'll put my hands down That's sorry fine. i don't want to get in trouble i have to see that right and people quit, quit asking me, yep, I heard I, I heard, I read that quote, I didn't actually see that he did it on Ted, that's awesome. I'll have to watch that on Ted. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm going to get in trouble. As far as concern, which is your personal, least favorite villain and best in that um, That's a good question, I haven't seen much Buffy in a long time. So some of my memory on that is vague. However, the one that stands out the most, I'm a big Doug Jones fan. Does anybody know the Doug Jones and Buffy reference? Hush. So the gentleman in Hush, that's my favorite villain by far. And we talked about this earlier in the uh, Freedom of Fantasy panel about how non-conventional of an episode that was. But that he, he you don't have to speak. You know, you have a bunch of ma- mime-trained guys running around in scary masks and nobody speaks for 40 minutes on your, entire, on your TV. And when the commercials hit and they start talking, you're like, "Well, they're speaking! Why are people speaking? So, that's my favorite villain. Um, there, Buffy specifically, there were numerous villains that to me were just a little shallow. But I think a lot of it has to do with, and you see this more with his later works, like Dollhouse was not about people that got their mind wiped and got sent on Secret Missions. It's not about that. That's the backdrop. Buffy's not about a girl that kills vampires. That's the backdrop. It's about all this other stuff going on. So the fact that the villain would show up here and there, that's sometimes that was just a black and white background, you know? So, so there are many, I would have to say numerous villains in Buffy that just, they were nothing. Yeah. Right. Right. Did you guys all hear that? The trio. The trio was kind of a bad guy. See, you brought in Andrew already. Good job. See. Right. The trio as a as an antagonist. Yeah. Hush. Yeah. No, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, nice. Whoa. Crossover. Any other questions? Harmony. Yeah. yeah. Bad villain, as in really good, a good challenging, or as in not a very good character? Right. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> Go, Spike to sit on my hands i don't want to get blood on the chair though
0: <laughs> now one thing is that you know with buffy you do have the musical mm-hmm. and then of course you had in firefly the Ballad of jane and mm-hmm. now dr horrible do you think that with musical numbers in a you know with the ensemble cast and in Joss sweeney you think that that actually works or can sometimes it crash and burn
1: <laughs> i'm sure it can be done wrong and, you know, I'm hoping that he makes <coughs> so much stuff that we find where, like, oh, yeah, he totally screwed that one up. You know, he's eventually... You, you eventually got to fail, right? Pixar's eventually got to make a bad movie. <laughs> Joss Whedon's got to eventually screw up a cast. We're gonna, it's, it's inevitable, you know. Uh, probability says it's going to happen. But I think he knows not to hold himself to a genre. That, that's to me, is one of my favorite things about him, is that his, his uh, light, comedic, musical is traumatic. I mean, you watch it, and at the end, you're like, oh, really? You just did that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot it was Joss. Of course he did that to me. But uh, I think he knows when to do it at the right time. You know, the the uh, Ballad of Jane, for example. You don't need to know the background. And during that scene, Jane's explaining his background of the premise of that whole episode. But you're not listening to Jane talk. You're listening to the song. Because the song is telling you know, the the mother's perspective. Yep. And that's, that's more important to the story. It matters what they think, not what Jane thinks. No one cares what Jane thinks in that situation. That doesn't matter. <laughs> it matters what the song says.
0: Yes. Because
1: <laughs> that's the legend.
0: Any other questions? You have something new they want to discuss. Hmm? With uh, like Seth MacFarlane's
1: entry into movies and his you know, embedded desire to always be seen in his own shows, you know, I feel like if, what would, what would your opinion be on the chances of them actually working together just because Joss is now kind of deep into like a musical aspect of entertainment and then certain problems as somebody who desperately wants
0: to, you know,
1: be in that genre. Right. I think it would be it, it, tricky to work, to cross over. You know, you make a Kevin Smith, Seth Rogen movie, it might work, it might not, you never know. They're too distinct, but parallel, you know, they work. So, you know, and they did that, and it was uh, You, know, it, it, you saw where it worked, you saw where it didn't. So I think he could cross over with a lot of people, and it could work, and I know uh, Seth, at least, as much as his comedy is, he's trying to be lowbrow with it, you can see how intelligent he can deliver stuff, at least. So I think he can be grown up, and I don't want to say grown up but because he, but his comedy is typically immature, but it's not really just basement humor. But I think he can be mature enough about delivering the product that he could he could work with someone like Joss, and and Joss is flexible enough to pull it off with anybody. So mm-hmm. to answer your question, more or less. Okay.
0: Any other questions? In the back. Nope. Oh, All right.
1: <laughs> You know, they get big are
0: amazing But then over and something that could have lasted forever.
1: And thank you for answering your own question. Yes. <laughs> because we
0: sort of discussed that.
1: Uh, yeah, Firefly, you know, that started out bad. They ran the third episode first and the fifth episode next. And then oh, got around to showing the pilot and they ran it opposite baseball and they ran them all completely out of order and then they kept dumping them and doubling back and then you saw the first, you know, the fourth episode three times and the corporation just ruined it. And then Dollhouse didn't get quite that treatment. It still, it played more or less in order. It played not up against anything that was too competitive, but um, I think they could have spun Dollhouse uh, a little bit better in that because it was an uncomfortable subject. It was hard for people to stomach that, you know, you have a traumatic life, so you're gonna go volunteer to be a prostitute and a murderer for five years and then forget all about it. So I think that one was up against morality more than anything else, but when Firefly got canceled, its ratings were higher than most shows right now, but at the time, the stuff it was up against were way through the roof. Ratings just aren't what they were because everybody's watching stuff on the internet and Netflix. Netflix is killing TV right now. So uh, does that kind of address what you're saying? Mm -hmm. You want some water? Yes, yes. If he he just decided to bust out a, a Space Western right now, Because after Avengers, he can do whatever he wants. You know, it would go through the roof and we'd see it for 10 years. But trying to do it when he did it, bad time. And the corporation didn't care about him. They're like, oh, well, you can do vampire stuff. That's fine. But you can't do space. And cowboys in space, that's
0: dumb.
1: (laughs) Right? Nobody likes cowboys Cowboys. anymore. And, you know, space has lasers and sound in space and (laughs) stuff like that. You're doing it all wrong. So, you know... it, it, timing was a lot of it. Right now, whatever he wants to do. And you know, we all want him to do Firefly Two or something. Want him to resurrect our favorite show and I think he's gonna move forward instead. But timing killed it, corporation killed it, you know, uh, bureaucracy killed it. So
0: right, you had a question? Well, I was
1: gonna just going with Dallas, the first five episodes were very much not the rest of the show until when they let Joss be like off as you say. It's, just, it's not Monster of the Weekend. Ever. Right. They if they would have gotten to that way sooner, I think it probably would have done the plot better. Yeah, well, I think, I think he, got the, he got the word a little early, but still able to run for a while. He knew it was going to go away, so he got to run around with the plot quite a bit. But he had... You know, just like anything else, with Firefly, he had five seasons in the book. You know, he was already ready to go for five. With Dollhouse, he knew better, but he probably had three or so already written or at least outlined. And so when they said, we're, you're going you're gonna to do five more episodes and you're done, then he started like cutting things up. But it was, in the beginning, yeah, I think he was, you need to walk this tight line and then we're going to let you off the leash. But um, I don't know that that would have affected it so much because if the first five episodes were that determinate, he wouldn't have run for 24 episodes, you know. So uh, that's my thought on that 27 episodes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes? I missed something last Um no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm missing
1: something, but I do a that the last time it called Call of the Scoobies. It's called Call of the Scoobies because in Buffy, all the fans called them the Scooby Gang from Scooby Doo. Because they were the Scooby Gang. Yeah. And then in the show, they started calling themselves the Scooby Gang. And then she so, was in Scooby-Doo. So the reference to <laughs> what?
0: And then she was in Scooby-Doo.
1: Right, and then she was in the real <laughs> scooby Gang, which was awesome. Like, really? you got... And so, yeah, it's called that because it's a reference. It's an in-joke and an out-joke about Joss's assemblage of uh, ensemble casts. You didn't come here just to talk about Scooby-Doo, did you? <laughs> I'm just making sure. I didn't, I didn't want to mislead you. It's a weird inside joke. And now you get it. But we won't tell anybody you didn't already know.
0: Okay? Hey, yep. Thank. Accept <laughs> him. Maybe my memories not fashion the show, but wasn't it said
1: that first point to turn calling them the Scoobies? Not like that. really? Yeah. Uh, I've watched Vespa. Yeah. That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, well... Oh, that's perfect. Let's see, someone in the room knows. Good job. Because I didn't remember. I just knew it was the fans, and then suddenly it was the show, and we're like, yeah, of course, it's the Scooby gang. Because they're running around chasing the Monster of the Week. It's (laughs) Scooby-Doo.
0: Well, then you would think you called Charm the Scooby gang, too, because they always did the the Monster of the Week, Yeah, (laughs)
1: Well, yeah. They never (laughs) stopped,
0: though. Yeah. So... Anybody else have any other questions?
1: Do you think about doing a remake of The Highlander? I would like certain movies to never be remade. <laughs> my my take on that is if you nailed it, you don't touch it. Like You don't remake Gone with the Wind. You don't remake Casablanca. They're done. Sealed, walk away. Yeah. I'm a Scottish... Accented, he wasn't Spanish. He worked for the Spain. He was Egyptian. See? See? He's an Egyptian from Spain with a Scottish accent and a Japanese sword. Yes. He's been roving the world, cutting heads off for hundreds of years. He's got a weird accent. We're okay with that. But I still have no doubt Joss could nail it. But as soon as someone says, we're remaking the Highlander, I'm going to go, no, don't. And don't make sequels. It should never have a sequel. They should not, if they ever think about making a sequel to Highlander, I'm going to tell them no. They just don't. <laughs> Highlander is one of those movies that they have never made a sequel to, and they're not going to.
0: So one thing I've realized with, well, it's, well, I mean, of course, there's Angel, the Buffy spinoff, and then, mm-hmm. of course, Serenity. But if you look about it, Joss has never done a sequel. Right. That's, that's one of the good things, at least. And he's already
1: said that he won't do the Avengers, the second Avengers movie. He told me he wasn't going to. What? No one, no one should. No one should. But, and I'm sure, you know, when I, I'll call him later and tell him to do it. But, you know, so.
0: Yeah, yes. that's so, true.
1: So he whips out a, a you know, a webcast. But, yeah. but it was so brief. It was so small. He has I'm to do sure something with, more. You know, Neil it's more like Harris. making a step epi- second episode. Right. He's an artist, right? So, but I think uh, that's that's something he said before it released, though, isn't it? Yeah. Now he can go to them and say, "This is the script I wrote. I'm doing this one," and they'll go, "Okay, look at the look at the records. That one nailed it. You can't beat that. But I'm going to do it anyway."
0: Overseas
1: sales beat it before it came out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Right there. The box, oh. Almost sort of talked about that, but not quite that. Um, And this isn't just because I watch How I Met Your Mother, but uh, Willow. I really liked... uh, To me, she was... I think she made the most transition during the show, the most growth. You know, They all grew, like I said earlier. It's more like a soap opera in that the show, five seasons in, is not the same show you were watching in the beginning. But she was my favorite one, just because she, for being such a mousy little demure girl... Went so far, you know, grew so much and changed Oh, I would never say
0: that I, I'm, sure there will be. I'm saying
1: that I, I was saying something, but he clarified it And that Joss said he wouldn't do it if they didn't let him do whatever he wanted with it Do, do it the way he wanted to do it Right <laughs> well, You got a thing for Tom Hiddleston? <laughs> right. Well, I think they could do a movie on his spinal therapy.
0: There, there definitely is going to be an Avengers two, though, if you think about it, because of um, this is
1: not exactly a spoiler, but because it happens after every movie with the. Uh, because there was something at the end that yes. hinted at something else. Yes. yes, the movie said, "Hey, we're going to do a sequel." Yes. yes. So, so stay through the credits. And when there's the scene where you think it's done, stay it keeps staying. Yes. Oh. yes. See. And then actually that scene, that
0: scene. It's kind of, a Marvel
1: movie. You know better than to leave. That scene, the
0: one, the other one was actually yes. filmed way after. I know.
1: It's and and Chris Evans had a beard. Yes. Yeah, so, so he had to cover it, and they put a prosthetic on him. Yeah. Yes. So if you've seen anything with with Chris Evans interviews and stuff afterward, he's got this beard. And so he had it before they filmed that scene, and so they had to put like a prosthetic thing, and he sat like this, and yeah. So.
0: You in the back had the black. Dude. Dude. Oh, I. Dude. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else have a question? Preemptive
1: head? answering. It's quiet.
0: Well, one thing that we, were, we, we pointed out is that you know, with the with the characters. We can, with all the actors that he's used, we can try and see, you know, okay, this person's doing this, this person's doing that now. Do you think that if we were to get them all back together that they would do it and that they would actually, you know, they would say, okay, I'm going to stop whatever project I'm doing and join in the ensemble again because we love Joss?
1: Several of them have already said they would. <laughs> like, specifically for Firefly, almost the entire cast has said, I'll drop what I'm doing. Now, I'm doing this other thing, but I'll be there.
0: I'll work it out. Yeah, I, I know for a fact, uh, because I was at the
1: panel with Nico Sparden last year. He said that if Joshua, you know, coming saying he wanted to do a reunion, you know, of the entire cast, doing a special
0: they need to say he'd
1: do an RB. Right. Yeah, he- and it's because he he's that good. You know, they know they know who they want to work with and he I'm sure he did a great job with them. So
0: No, it's fine. It's it's keeping the conversation. You should come all the way
1: up here, though. I don't have to. I won't have to point so far. <laughs> <laughs> Always and never. Don't trust a zombie. And I don't exaggerate, <laughs> <laughs> or speak in absolutes. Um, I feel like if, I feel like a lot of
0: people want, including me, kind of a, stru- uh, a firefly renaissance, but at the same time not, because it's like since they still watch, even though we. <laughs> Has anybody not seen Serenity? <laughs> if you haven't
1: seen a movie that's five years old, you should have seen it by now. Okay. You haven't well, seen well, Serenity? Sorry.
0: Well, now I I, yeah. are, I haven't seen the ending of it, and I knew.
1: <laughs> Who's the comic a relief? Because, because Lucky comic sidekick. Like, like yes. Cousin. So he the cousin. Dinosaurs. You can't have another cousin. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah. Mutant. Oh, mutant enemy equals murder. Uh, so.
0: You guys have TV, so say that. Yeah. Right. I think all of them.
1: <laughs> has. <laughs> right. Ha- haven't they all been killed? At and least then, once, and yeah,
0: then including they Buffy. appear on other stuff, and you're like, "Hmm, so wait, is so Joss hey. kills them, and then they become famous?"
1: Right, <laughs> right. Well, Tomo's not working too much right now, but he got killed and then brought back on Dollhouse. <laughs> so Tomo Pickett, um, I forgot his name right now, his character. Hey. Ballard, thank Ballard. Ballard, thank you. Ballard. Yeah. Deckard, nice yes. reference. Yes. Okay. You're gonna make a statement too? It's the statement time. Go ahead. You should catch it. It shouldn't roam by itself. <laughs> yes. Has the mutant enemy zombie chasing like Felicia Day and yeah. and Alan Tudyk and uh, who's the other James Marsters, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm like nice. That was rude. Go, Jasko, and now you're going. No, not
0: Iron Man. You can't kill Iron Man. So one thing that so, with, uh, with with Doctor Horrible, if you think about it, Felicia Day is pretty busy right now. So I'm sure it's like, she's like, okay, they killed me off. Eh, I, I don't.
1: She knows if she's watched anything he's done. She knows better. Yeah. Bad horse will resurrect her.
0: <laughs> or Doctor Horrible.
1: Or or the fake Thomas Jefferson. <laughs> you got to know the whole Evil League of Evil.
0: Yeah. What? The
1: Pink Puncher? You think he's got resurrection power? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> dead Bowie, right on. Wasn't that Jed? Wasn't Jed Whedon dead Bowie? He was one of them. He was. He was yeah, but he was also part of the Evil, Evil League of Evil. I forget which one, though. Is either dead Bowie or the fake Thomas Jefferson? I don't know. I know. Oh darn. Hey, thank you.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, we'll definitely. Let's go. I'll, I'll watch Doctor Horrible, then Avengers, then Cabin in the Woods. All right, you guys good with that? Yeah. See.
0: Somebody just right just who has really good quality on their phone, pull it up on Netflix. <laughs> <Got it. laughs> just Hold on to the microphone. All right,
1: everybody, scoot up.
0: <laughs> is that the new Evo?
1: No. You got what what on your ringtone? on your Kindle. There Speaking you go. Speaking of
0: Dr. Sure. Horrible, there is that geek cabaret tomorrow. There's people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: not, not that she knows anything about it. Nice. Well, I can see can I'll be dressed as sweet.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, what is,
1: uh, he has a question. Or a statement. Is it statement hour? Oh, it, okay. we're back to questions now. Go. Um. What? Yeah, Cordy, nice. Yes, she, yeah, she totally came over as the uh, you know the bubbly ditz and really isn't anymore. But um, I don't know. My my favorite character is still Fred. So um, she, she may not be the one that got the most growth out of the show, but I think Cordy's probably the one that really went the distance as far as coming around, evolving, changing, but uh, yeah. So I'll have to, you got the right answer, what she said. But yeah. But Fred, Fred. (laughs) What, what? Yes, yes, even with cuts on her face. Even in a lab coat, yes. Whoa, (laughs) that's a different panel. Scaraphilia is at midnight. It's over on the fifth floor of the Renaissance. We'll have that conversation, <laughs> Mr. Browncoat. Oh, I'm sorry. Point it again. Yeah. See, there you go. He he's been through Joss Whedon. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he got the Whedon blender. We nice. Good job. Right. Yeah. So he was. He was like Willow. He was Willow in the beginning, and in the end, he was Angel. He was, you know, he was a badass. So. Fred. Fred died. Don't say that. You make me pout. I know. Spoiler. It's okay. You point. does He. No. Exactly, so he actually, where are you at? How far along are you? I'm about three episodes. Okay, so about four more episodes in, he gets a mask and changes his name to the Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Kill him, Joss. That's ironic.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, you see how my wedding went, so I recommend against it. That's and that is interesting. What the the marriage thing? Yeah. That girl knows. I can tell. She just doesn't want to say it. Like, see, so you don't want to see. Good job. You have two ears, two conversations. Okay. No, what she said about the the two characters that got the most development on Angel, where the actors are married or do engaged or something. See, they are married. Yeah, see.
0: Yeah.
1: The W's. See, I told you they knew. Mm-hmm. So my question is, what is your favorite song that episode? Oh, that's tricky. Or, what do you think they have the hardest time with? I don't know. I don't know if I can pick a favorite off of that. I, I think seeing that to me it wasn't the music. The not it's not the music's not nearly as distinct to me for two reasons. One, I was more focused on them trying to carry the entire episode by singing everything. And Two. It was about eighty years ago when I saw that episode last. But um, I've heard the music. I've got, I've got, uh, you know, playlists and stuff like that. But I don't know if I have an actual favorite out of that. It's not like Doctor Horrible where I can single them out because I saw it last week yeah. again and again. But no. Um, so what's your favorite then? Because yeah, I know it's what you're going to tell me. My favorite musical
0: song. I love the part where all the people are singing about the dry cleaner. You got the mustard out.
1: See? Right. It, it's a I, I just think of envy Hill with that one. Yeah. Right. I know who has a,
0: who would have an input on this. Sorry. What? About what what's more with feeling?
1: What are favorite song? favorite song. I'll never tell because I actually am Anya. And she actually won't ever tell. Well, yeah, that's the argument is called what more feeling. See? It's my nose
0: bleeding. It's my nose bleeding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry.
1: Right there. Um, so, is this a statement or a question? Uh, okay. time for about a couple more. Okay. So I don't know Doctor who appears familiar with Dr. Who and Dr. Who? Dr. Who?
0: Right.
1: Cabin in the woods.
0: answer for everything.
1: It really should be. No, I think uh, I think it's two sides of the same coin, unfortunately, is that they're, they're I know people that are, um, who, Doctor Who fans that really don't get Buffy and Angel and Firefly. Like, yeah, oh, Firefly was good. I'm like, mm, you're going to get hit. Don't say that. Don't say it like that. <laughs> this guy, Brown shirt, brown Cook shirt guy, he will beat you up. So, I have that shirt, by the way. Does it say, I am to misbehave on the back? I have that. See, I have that shirt. And I would be wearing it, but I didn't want to get blood on it. So, I uh, wore my Serenity shirt earlier, though. Um, so, but I think from my, you know, I'm biased. It's all Joss Whedon but uh I think it's there's plenty of room for both of them to be complete badasses in the sci-fi community, so uh you know, and plenty of people how many people in this room are big fans of both you know so you see there you go you you've got plenty of room in your sci-fi heart to love them both, so no need for them to have a big argument or you know internet brawl or anything like that so and and you know you're gonna express your opinion and someone's gonna you know, oppose it. It's the way the internet is. It's where the world is. You're gonna say this guy, and they're gonna go no this guy, and oh you're both wrong, and you know, so like no, go back to you know, George Lucas and go back to real sci-fi like shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but one so. more question. In your opinion the entire box series, which episode, you know, towards any of the characters was most pivotal for their growth? It was show? I was listening to the song. That was kind of cool. I was like, are we about to be boarded? (laughs) Which episode showed the most growth? Uh, Wow. Out of how many episodes? (laughs) Narrow that down. I don't don't even know if I can answer that. So he has an answer. He wants to answer the question. Yeah. I thought that that was really the biggest change that really
0: pushed her from
1: right, shift the gears for her, right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Right. Up, that's really the episode where you see Willow and Tara get together. Bond, yeah, right. so to speak. So, yeah, we had a conversation in the earlier panel about that, about how, you know, and I teach classes on this uh, about communication. Communication is only like 15, 14, 15% of the words you say. And then twenty five percent of it is your tone and your volume and your accent and your your you know all that. and the rest of it, the other big chunk of it body language. So you take away the words we still understood that entire episode. you know we know what they were saying, we know what they were trying to communicate at first they're fumbling around because you rely on words so much. you think it's your crutch for communication. Take that away. Now they really communicate. Now it's a real challenge for the actors and for the characters and for the audience. And did you have trouble following it? No, we, saw, we watched the whole thing. We know exactly what went on. So that, to me, that was a strong episode. It was, good, it was a good uh, learning experience for the actors and for the fans, for the watchers, the viewers. So. Okay. You had input? Go, Purple. Say spoiler. Mm-hmm. spoiler Right. Maybe it's just Right. Right. And that's that's the way it is. You you associate with you relate to a character and then that character's evolution is going to appeal more to you. Well, I to
0: that yet, but I think, um,
1: spoiler.
0: <laughs> Once the again. The dog dies at the end. spoilers.
1: He's, he's, he's his father.
0: Yeah, we should, we should have done a disclaimer. The, the butler
1: beginning. did it. They're all ghosts. We're done. Spoilers are done. Go ahead. I think the
0: episode where Tara and Glory, like when Glory takes away Tara's memory, I think that's when Willow really changes and starts going to more powerful magic. Right. I think that's a major change, because I'm in the middle of season six, and I noticed like after that happened, uh, Willow's going more into more powerful stuff. Right. She,
1: even her mousy personality, is becoming more aggressive and um, assertive. Well, not like extremely. But But she's stepping up more. Mm. And that's, but that's, and that's, this is one of the appeals of it, is that that is an aspect of reality. You can be a calm and demure person, but then when the world steps on you, you have two choices. You can lay there and bleed all the ground and cry about it, or you can get up and do something about it. You know, that's a harsh way of saying it, but she was in a horrible place at that point that her life was turning around. She could just lay there and hope Buffy or somebody rescues her, or she could step up. Some people don't have, we don't all have the strength to step up in every situation. We need to be helped sometimes. But at that, that was her time, you know, You're, you've got to step up now. So she grew as a character as a result of it. That's all of us.
0: All right, so this is actually the all the time that we have. And
1: Superman's pointing at you guys, just so you know.
0: Um. So, and thank you for coming. Enjoy the rest of the convention. Of course, go see the Geek Cabaret once more. A feeling if you want some more, some more Joss loving. And
1: um, I have one more thing. Yes. Cabin in the woods.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and thank you for picking our. And uh, thank you for letting us pick your brains on Joss Whedon. Yes, thank you, the you all.